Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before we get into today's show, just want to promote the fact that Son of Chelsea has been nominated as a finalist in this year's Football Content Awards taking place at Anfield this November. We have been nominated in the Best Premier League Club Content Creator category and you can vote for Son of Chelsea by two ways. Go to footballcontentawards.com voting. Scroll down to the correct category, use the drop down menu and you can vote for Son of Chelsea there. Or you can go to the Football Content Awards official Instagram page, find the category post and tag at Son of Chelsea below and that also counts as a vote towards us. Thank you for all the support on the channel. It's really humbling and the continued support on the content and the interactions. It's really appreciated. This feels like the culmination of a lot of work. If you can share this, if you can vote, it'd be greatly appreciated. Thank you. More tasty than any Domino's delivery, full-time, my rational perspective on Fulham nil, Chelsea 2. Hope you're all doing well. I am Daniel Childs. This is going to be my breakdown on Chelsea winning a second game in a row. I mean, it's just, it's a little bit, again, I I sort of reflected this after the Brighton game that I, I was a little bit stunned that Chelsea had actually won. You're not quite sure on what the feeling is, but I felt tonight... We kind of married the finishing that we saw in most part against Brighton with the level of performances that we've been encouraged by or at least tried to cling on to in the mountain of criticism and negativity based on the lack of results for Pochettino so far this season and this group of players. Please do, if you're watching, Hit that like button on the stream. Really helps more Chelsea fans find the content. Hopefully with things starting to improve on the Pochettino, please share the stream. If you are listening on the podcast later on, please do give us a positive rate and review. It really does help the show out. And as well, just my opportunity to sort of cheap plug the Football Content Awards, which Son of Chelsea has been nominated for in the best club content creator category for the Premier League link in the description box below you can go and vote for son of Chelsea there so let's we're going to start off with I think looking at the team which for me was I I sort of had some pros and cons against this but when we sort of couple it with what we actually saw on the pitch of course you're going to be majorly positive by what we saw from Chelsea tonight but given the mountain of injuries Chelsea have currently 
I felt really positive or at least a lot more optimistic about this starting 11 than maybe others had. Um, you know, I felt that firstly, um, I've got that wrong now. I think that's actually um, Ian Matson was not at uh, left back. It was actually Levi Colwell and Thiago Silva uh, was there instead. We'll, we'll go to the main cam for now. I'll try and get the, the right... that. That's a little bit embarrassing. I put the I put the uh, Ian Matson in there. Maybe that's that's just personal bias, you know. That was going to be my team selector. But anyway, we had the starting eleven: Robert Sanchez, Marco Carres starting at right back. I think a lot of us suspected that to be the case, given the injuries, the suspension to Malo Gusto. Then we had Axel Dzassi and Thiago Silva in the back two. And then, of course, we had Levi Carwell at left back. You know, my criticisms about that so far this season, but we will get to that because Levi was sensational. One person in the comments already saying he was your man of the match. Who was your man of the match? I'm, I'm quite interested to hear because luckily there were quite a few candidates for that tonight. I, ha I have a different one and I think I'll explain why I've given this person man of the match because I think he absolutely deserves it. But then in midfield, we had Gallagher, Casado and then Enzo. Enzo, again, there was this concern from me pre-game that is he going to play as a, as a number 10 once again? Cole Palmer, Mikhail Mudrik and Armando Breuer starting his first game of this season. Um, none of this kind of false nine business from Pochettino. We have a striker that could play. He did play and boy, what an impact he made. Getting to kind of the way I felt about this game. So Breuer has a chance within like the first two minutes and he plays it over the bar and it was just such like that for me is such like a culmination of Chelsea so far this season a really really positive move down the left wing and I think Breuer for me just the speed of Breuer is just frightening I mean it really is for a guy of that size it's just to see the way he moves at such speed is is remarkable it is and, and I think that you saw that then I thought he took it round Leno I thought that was a that was the good move but then to blaze it over like that you're like it's just Chelsea isn't it it's just, we're just gonna have another night of just woeful finishing um in front of us but I felt that the speed of movement the rotations that we saw from the front three because to me, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but to me, it felt as the game went on, especially as the first half progressed, even before Chelsea got the first goal. To me, it felt more like a 4-3-3 than a 4-2-3-1. It felt to me much more like that because I felt Gallagher was, was much more advanced today. It felt like Caicedo was definitely the deepest of the three midfielders and Enzo was definitely more playing as an 8 than a 10. And I think that helped Chelsea. I think that helped to have those central midfield and also the fact that Fulham tried to press Chelsea a lot I think that actually helped Chelsea they weren't confronted with a low block which we know the team has struggled with so far this season we know Chelsea in recent years has struggled with the fact that they did press they were at home allowed the space for the likes of Mikhailo Mudrik, Cole Palmer and uh, Amanda Breyer to obviously exploit and that was one of the things I was hoping for with that lineup that we did have speed in transition and I felt the first goal was just sensational. I mean, it really was. The the crossfield ball from Moises Casado was wonderful. You get it to Levi Colwell on his left foot, bombing down the flank like a, like a left-back should. And it was one of my concerns with Levi playing as a left-back was what was the benefit of it? Because he's not naturally a left-back. But tonight he played like a left-back. I mean, I'll, show, I'll read out some stats from his game tonight. His performance was 
wonderful it was. You know, you would have wanted if Ben Chilwell was putting out this performance, she'd be ecstatic with it because it was it was so good and it speaks to the talent of Levi, who's technically playing out of position, takes it down on the flank, brilliant ball onto Mikhailo Mudrik, who's making a brilliant run into the box, chests it down and finishes it like he has been finishing Chelsea for years. And, you know, you've got to put the significance of this moment for Mikhailo Mudrik into perspective. This is his first goal for Chelsea Football Club. This is a massive, massive moment for this player. This is someone who came in last January. Of course, the personal weight of everything going on in, in his life, in his home nation, coming over to to England, coming to Stamford Bridge. We've already had about him this season. Why isn't he playing? Does he have a future at Chelsea? Is he actually that good? He's had a run of games now. And I said this as much when, I think it was even before the uh, Bournemouth game, that like we're not going to find out, as with any player, I remember I used to always say this with Callum Hudson-Odoi, that like, you're not going to find out how good some of these young players are unless you give them a run in their favoured position. Pochettino has given that to Mikhailo Mudrik since the international break, and it was on Mikhailo Mudrik to perform. He has performed. He's been creating chances. And I guess the question, like a lot of you who have a concern, is that we get this brilliant 45 minutes where he scores a goal, he looks involved, he looks absolutely devastating down that left flank. But then, of course, he gets taken off at half-time. And, and we, we await to see what Pochettino has to say because it just feels... It was just like there was this... There was that moment. So you get the first goal and we get the second goal. I'll, I'll get to the second goal, but just... It felt so like typical of Chelsea over the put, like this fantasy of us scoring so quickly, two goals in a row, and you're like, oh my god, this this is I, I can't believe this is happening. You know, Chelsea football is actually going to be fun again. You know, wh- where has this been? Am I dreaming? And then of course you you have to remind yourself that at Chelsea Football Club we can only really enjoy things in life for about forty five minutes, and then of course you have to be reminded of our injury crisis uh, because it's it, you know that business has got to keep going. One comes out, one goes back in into that injury um, injury room. Unfortunately, I really really hope for Mudrik's sake, as a team, as a club, as a you know as Pochettino trying to build this squad that. Mudrik can keep playing because it's just it's it's soul destroying for the player but then to just build like rhythm and chemistry when things seem to be clicking like how are you supposed to do that when key players within that system Poch has already had to scrap like three attacking plans um, or at least two if we think about it you know he's had to scrap the one he had with Christopher Nkunku during preseason. then when he got injured had to go to Connie Chukkoman then had to go to a third one that included Ben Chilwell playing further up the pitch whatever you think about that Arguably, that scrapped that one, uh, maybe because of, you know, it not really working, but also now because Ben Chilwell was injured too. It's just, it's nightmare after nightmare. I just really hope for Mudrik and for Pochettino, that'll be fine. But you get the first goal and then barely kick off and we're in again. And it was just, it was brilliant to see just the intensity of Chelsea's press. This is something that absolutely has improved since Mauricio Pochettino has taken charge. This is one of the things that was kind of just expected that Chelsea's... um, Chelsea's kind of game we knew that the energy we knew that the pressing that was kind of a non-negotiable really is that you just knew it was going to be a part of what Pochettino was going to bring um but what I liked about that move as well was Cole Palmer's involvement in it just a really really quick pass I mean the amount of times I've seen Chelsea get into really really promising positions and just either a player decides to take a wayward shot or decides to take a a, a stupid 
touch that he doesn't need to do just so quickly into the feet of Amanda Breyer. Yeah, sure, he gets a little bit fortunate in the fact that it isn't like he's he's taken it on and, and finished it himself. It has, you know, a challenge from Tim Ream, who initially made the mistake, has gone back onto Breyer's foot and then below burnt. No, no, but listen, they all go in, they all count. And I think it was absolutely wonderful to see that Breyer got the goal that I think his overall performance deserved. I will come to Amanda Breyer now because I know you guys will disagree with me. I love Levi. I thought Levi, and to be honest, if, you know, Levi playing out of position, basically, for him to have that performance is is wonderful. It truly is. And I just, before people get annoyed at me that I am not talking about Levi Colwell, I want to go to, to Statman Dave here who just broke down his numbers. 82% pass accuracy, 59 touches, 31 of 38 passes completed, 5 out of 7 ground jewels won, 5 ball recoveries, 3 out of 3 tackles won, 3 clearances, 1 key pass, 1 big chance created, and of course, 1 assist for the Mikhailo Mudrik opening goal. All round, I I was you know delighted with Levi's performance, but I'm going to give my man a match to Armando Breuer. You know, this is a guy who, you know, broke into the first team last year um, after that really promising loan at Southampton. And then he scored, we're almost, I think, at the day last year where he scored his first Chelsea goal against Wolves, if you remember. That was the big Diego homecoming, one of my favourite days I, I've ever experienced as a Chelsea fan for obvious reasons. Like, the the, the original Diego getting his farewell and appreciation from the bridge that he absolutely deserved in him. The new Diego, uh, I know that's that's a lot of pressure to put on Armando, but, you know, it was it was wonderful to see him score that goal and it really felt like he was going to break through last season. And then, of course, before the return after the World Cup, he gets this season-ending injury. And it's not just, you know, any any injury. It's a, it's an ACL as well. I mean, it, it's an Achilles injury. It's it's, it's one that, you know, it, it's just, it can be very, very difficult to recover from. And the fact that he has come back and he starts his first Premier League game, Chelsea haven't won a Premier League game since that Luton fixture back in August. I mean, there is pressure here. Even though we felt positive about the Brighton win, you look at the table, you look at the fact that there are other teams in the league now starting to do well. Luton, I think, before tonight, were only a point behind us because they won, of course, at the weekend against Everton. So there there was pressure. There was there was pressure not only on Breuer, but, you know, as a striker, Nicholas Jackson, of course, out of the team. And I thought just all-round Breuer, his physical presence is obvious. I think as a focal point, he offers something to Chelsea that we just haven't had. You know, you're able to hit the ball quite direct to him if you need to get out of a press, if you need to just, for something to stick. I I, I don't, I think he's actually looks, he doesn't look that, um, I think a concern from some people when they watched him at Southampton where he was scoring a lot of goals on the break that you come into Chelsea and maybe you don't look as comfortable with the ball um, you know, with the goal basically, and when you, when you're sort of not facing the goal, the ball has to come to your feet. You're crowded out. How do you deal with that? There's still a long way to go, obviously. And I'm not sitting here and obviously telling you that Mando Breuer is the finished article. Of course, he isn't. Uh, but I felt tonight just all around his speed. His speed is is frightening. His speed in tight areas too. There were several moments where he could have set up some goals, um, more than the the ones that Chelsea eventually scored in the game. I felt that he just looked sharp. I think he looks like... And, and to be honest, this is a credit for Cole Palmer too because Cole Palmer seemed to be gaining a connection with him too. I think that's that's credit to Cole Palmer um, who looks already to be quite involved in what Chelsea are doing. So 
And just the fact that Breuer stayed on for that long and looked so energetic and again had to come off eventually. But that is just the strength of character, I think, says a lot about Breuer. And I think it's wonderful that we have Breuer, we have Jackson, maybe two of them, they could play together at some point this season. I'd like to know your thoughts, whether you, you would like to see that. But all round, very, very happy with what I saw from Amanda Breuer tonight. And of course, with Mikhailo Mudrik. So after this, the halftime... The thing I can say about the second half was it did feel very Mourinho-esque. I mean, it did hark back to those days where Chelsea would basically shut down the game. We're not playing any more football. There, of course, was the Ian Matson chance. Ian Matson, Kylo Madrid at halftime, hit the post. Um, there are a few moments on the break, but Chelsea very much keeping Fulham at bay. Other than that chance late on, which I felt Sanchez saved. Well, it was a bad finish, but it, it was still a decent save. I thought defensively, Chelsea looked very, very solid throughout the game. Fulham are a tricky team. They're a well-coached team. They have technically good players like Joao Palina in, in central midfield. Um, they've got players like Harry Wilson, who I think on his days is very, very talented. Willie Antu, very experienced player that we know a lot about, scored against us obviously last season. And of course, we lost at Craven Cottage last season. But I felt the way the team just managed that second half, it was like, we're getting this win. We're, there's no, we're not going to try and go out there and score three, four, five. We need to get this these points in the bag right now. And it's a bit of pragmatism, but I don't think we can complain given it, you know, if you've been someone that's, you know, sh shouting and screaming that XG doesn't win football matches and, you know, it's about results. Well, I, I don't think Pochettino and the players can be blamed for being a little bit pragmatic in that situation and getting the job, you know, basically done. You know, we're getting these points. We'll move on to the next one. Um, and I think moaning and complaining about this result and this performance I just think I don't know I just it still feels to me like we're in this era now where like just base level joy in watching your football team win a game isn't really there anymore like we have to look for ways to moan and pick at things and get annoyed that maybe a player we liked didn't perform as well but maybe a player we don't rate as well did do well and it's just like I'm just happy that Chelsea won I'm happy that Marco Correa looks to be a competent player who out of position again he's part of a defense that keeps a clean sheet you know even though I said that I I feel that in the long term Thiago Silva won't be in my opinion a mainstay for Pochettino he had probably his, his strongest performance of the season tonight um Levi too looked wonderful at left back um so so all round I, I think that we desperately needed the points we got the points. We move on. Sure, I'd like Chelsea to finish all the chances all the time, but that's just that's not realistic, is it? And I doubt this is something you can take a drink on the the, the son of Chelsea drinking a game if there is one. Um, of me saying margin for error, like you want Chelsea, and I I'd want a football team to create a bigger margin for error in the final third in that you don't just create one good quality chance and that's your only chance at a game, and if you miss it, you're kind of screwed. This is a team who are creating high-quality opportunities on a pretty, pretty consistent basis. Another stat from tonight. Chelsea created four big chances tonight. The second most they have created in a single Premier League match so far this season. Chelsea are widening their margin for error. They are widening the margin for error um, in the final third. And my hope is, in a longer period of time, that will bear out better results than having this kind of very thin <laughs> margin for error where... 
basically you get one or one two big chances or not even quality chances and you're relying on set pieces that's for a team of Chelsea standing and who they want to compete with in this league they have to be creating high volume opportunities and I think that that's the biggest thing I can feel positive about so far this season and I do think there were to try and call this like some sort of um hit and run performance where Chelsea just like were lucky 2-0 no Chelsea for large periods in that first half took the initiative created good opportunities looked like they could uh, break down Fulham at will so I, I don't want to sort of I don't want you coming away from this and, and thinking that I'm I'm somehow saying this was like luck for Chelsea I, I genuinely think this was a very very good accomplished performance from a team who I was concerned after Villa would be hit with a lot of um, negativity and maybe for young players, you know, struggling with confidence. And of course, the number of injuries we have currently is is a massive, massive concern. And that is a massive concern beyond tonight. Obviously, when we look at Moises Casado having to go on, uh, go off late, uh, when we saw, of course, Mikhailo Mudrik subbed at halftime. So all of those things for me, you know, coupled together, make this an important three points. And um, you just hope they can keep rolling, right? It's that, it's that, momentum you know that that now Pochettino can build it is difficult if you are then forced to consistently change your team because you work with Mudrik uh, Palmer Breuer and sure right some of that is, is back in right Nicholas Jackson will now be available for the game against Burnley at the weekend and, and that's a decision that I think uh, Pochettino is going to have to make because I, I think Nicholas Jackson has done a lot of things well. And, and both of those strikers, this is the healthy thing. Both of those strikers can, for the rest of this week, think I can actually play that game. Because Nicholas Jackson in his last performance scored a goal. I think scored two goals because he was onside for the second. He had a really good performance. Amanda Breuer can say, I've just come back from injury. Look at what I've just done. Arguably our best so far. Or at least our most effective performance so far this season. So... I think that is something of interest to me and I think it's a positive thing you want to have, right? I, I set up a poll here to, to see what you guys were saying over Man of the Match. We've had... Uh, keep on vote, keep on hitting that like button too if you haven't already and are watching the stream. Share it around with, with uh, fellow Chelsea fans to get more people involved. Currently, and this is actually nice to see, I, I gave you four options. I know some people would be annoyed that I didn't include Levi Kowa. I maybe should have. Amanda Breuer, Mikhail Madrid, Gallagher, Palmer. Who is your man in the match? The percentages are like this. Breuer, only 8%. Not a lot of uh, Diego lovers in the... <laughs> Mando, this is the way. The, the Mandalorian will, will be back and, and, and it will be the way. We'll, 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 get, we'll get him as man in the match at some point. Mikhail Madrid, 29%. That's not a surprise. Very close between him and Cole Palmer, who got 28% and obviously played a larger chunk of the game. But in 34%, Chelsea captain... Connor Gallagher. Uh, Connor, I love it for Connor because he gets so much like the amount of comments I get on my on my shows about why he shouldn't be playing, shouldn't be anywhere near the first team. This guy is durable. This guy is is a quality footballer who has come through our academy and looks also. I mean, durability is one of your greatest strengths currently in the Chelsea squad because we have so many injuries and. I I love for Connor that he clearly loves Chelsea Football Club and he cares so much about this club. And if you're someone who has felt disconnected about this club over the last year, if you're someone that was frustrated with some of the players that moved on or frustrated with the lack of academy involvement, 
here is your guy, Conor Gallagher. I know Levi is another one. I, we have academy talent, obviously, that we can lean on. But Conor, I really think, deserves a lot of credit here because Pochettino as well keeps on sticking with him and saying, you're my guy, and he's performing well. He adds a level of, of energy that this team needs especially under Mauricio Pochettino. He does subtle things as well because at times he's had to play a deeper uh, deeper role than probably I would prefer him to play. I, I think he, he is a number eight. I, I, I'd like to see him get in the box in a final third, but to then have that ability to, to drop a little bit deeper and perform to the level he has, just I, I think Connor deserves so much praise. I, I really do. I, I, I just love for him to continue to grow. And the fact that we were trying to sell him on deadline day is just absolutely farcical. And I really hope that, and it's the same with Matson as well, and it's the same with Trevor Chalobah, who I hope will be back soon. How long is it going to take until Chelsea as a club, I'm not even talking about fans, I'm talking Chelsea as a club realise where value is. Value comes, like it did with Armando Breyer tonight as well, value comes from trusting in the academy players because nine times out of ten, they have proved to be, at the very least, competent backups and competent squad players that you can give chances throughout the season. They're versatile too. So Conor Gallagher, Chelsea captain, long may it continue because I'm just really happy. And I think he deserves some flowers because he gets so much stick. And I, I, again, it's just like quite a baffling thing. I've never sat here and called Conor Gallagher the greatest footballer in the world and there is no one like him and there is no one better than him obviously that's again farcical point of view he has a lot of things to improve on I think he's a little bit rash I think you know he his energy can sometimes be his uh, and kind of tenacity can sometimes be his biggest downfall is he can get a yellow most games but still for a young player at this stage of Chelsea where there is still a lot of pressure he looks a mature player and, and I really love that Please do hit the like button. Please do share around this stream. Uh, we're going to stay here for a couple more minutes now. Um, I just feel that, you know, for for Pochettino, I hope now there is a... And, and again, this, this does come back to injuries. And it's all right for me to go, we've got a base to build on now. But And you want to see him because of the lack of European football. There, there are these three weeks now for him to work on the training ground at Cobham to to get the chemistry growing even further but I just I just have concerns that as we've seen in recent years and, and I hope in some from whatever way we can try to improve the the injury situation if we can't we can't and you know I, as I consistently stress I am not a medical expert I I don't work in physiotherapy I'm not you know I'm not someone who can who's going to sit here and tell you it's all the club's fault because players are getting injured um because we don't know that but it's just really, really frustrating if you constantly having to rotate. Okay, you've got Raheem Sterling, you've got Noni Manawake, who's now back from injury too. It's not like there are no options. We know Cole Palmer can play at wide too, but I just, I think for all of us, we one of the key things about this season is is having that without European football, building a base for Pochettino, building an eleven, a fourteen group of players that he can be a confident. That's the team that are going to be put out each week. That's the team we can rely on. Um, my hope is that injuries, as they did with, say, in Mokka Correa, the, you know, it's not the best thing about injuries because we don't want injuries, but the best thing that happens is is fringe players step up and take those opportunities and prove themselves good enough. And just even for a few games, you can rely on them. I think that's the Mokka Correa situation we have seen over the past week. 
Um, so I, I just, I, I would like to think that now with Burnley, another great opportunity, because Burnley, we know under Vincent Company, they are a progressive team. It's not the Burnley of two, three, four years ago. I mean, Chelsea have a pretty decent record at Turf Moor, actually. Um, there's kind of this myth around Turf Moor that back in the Sean Dyche days, it was this really horrible place to go. Chelsea actually have done pretty well. It's actually, I think we've dropped more points um, against Burnley at home rather than away. But obviously, this is another team who want to play on, on the floor, want to be progressive, want to get possession. They want to try and attack the team. If it goes similar to the way it did tonight against Fulham, where the team, where Fulham are trying to press Chelsea very intensely and we can get round that, I think that would be a real positive and we can use the speed of whether it's Armando Breuer or Nicholas Jackson, hopefully Mikhailo Mudrik, Cole Palmer. I think Cole Palmer's a set now. I think that is a guy I want in this team. I, I'm going to do a show this week of Cole Palmer and, and just looking a little bit more in depth, kind of a breakdown on what he's doing because it's just basic things like, and it's not even things that always work out, but he 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 clearly is a player that likes to try things. And that's what I love about him is that already is that he is a player who looks for that quick pass and isn't scared to make a mistake. I think it's something that we have been frustrated by at Chelsea in recent years is is this kind of sense of, of trepidation or just like slow play where you don't have players who are going to take risks and you're going to have players who at times do have, to, you need players who are going to try and break out the system at times. Like that's just the reality. As, as great as the rotations and the automatisms as automatons as, you know, the, the, the advanced attacking patterns that are now worked advance from these top coaches you still need a bit of magic you still need players who are going to work out of that and 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 be able to provide moments of magic if you are coming up against a really really solid defense and I feel that Cole Palmer could potentially provide that um, I wouldn't call any of his you know passes or assists so far Cesc Fabregas you know against Burnley or something like that like it's not it's not like how did he do that but they are of a high quality and I think that's these are very good traits to have. So those are my thoughts uh, about the game. Um, I've, I think that we hope things can get even better. But then, you know, to go into Burnley and to feel optimistic, to have a second clean sheet in a row, to look at Robert Sanchez, who I think is commanded his box as well. I think that the, the relationship between him and his defence looks to be getting stronger. Um, and that's been the case since the Bournemouth game. Uh, when there was a lot of harsh criticism on Robert Sanchez in the opening weeks, of the game, I think that he and that defence looked to be growing. And, and to be to be fair to Pochettino, he is trying, I think, in his best with these injury problems to keep consistent. You know, he's keeping Conor Gallagher in the team as much as he can. He's keeping Enzo Fernandez in the team. Moise Casado now as much as he can looks set. Axel Dezassi has played a lot of football so far this season. So has Thiago Silva. So has Levi Colwell. So I think as much as he can, he's trying to have a, a set spine of players that he can rely on and grow that chemistry. So I'm I'm hopeful that once and if we can avoid more injuries, you get more options, there's freedom and from an attacking point of view those players can continue to work together and grow in confidence because you just you could see it after the first and second goal there was confidence there. It was growing, it was getting better and and that's something to be really really optimi- optimistic about. I'll be back tomorrow, uh, probably either a breakdown looking at Cole Palmer in more in-depth or an added time. I probably want to do an added time answering your questions. Please do follow me on Twitter 
or X, whatever you want to call it, at Sonic Chelsea, and also go to my YouTube community page. I may drop it tonight, but probably more likely tomorrow, I will drop a question request. That's where you can get your questions in for this week's added time. Uh, just doing it a little bit later because obviously the game was tonight. So there we go. Uh, follow me on all the socials. You can get those links down below. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And I will see you again uh, very soon. All the best. Sports Social Podcast Network.